What we want to focus on this morning is continuing in the message of identity and who are we. Identity, who are we? Three weeks ago, we started a new part of our identity series in beginning a study on the gifts of the Spirit. And so the gifts of the Spirit, this is coming out of 1 Corinthians. And and speaking about the gifts of the Spirit, you know, you want to be a little careful here because there are some some people in churches where this would be foreign to them. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and operating in and moving in the gifts of the Spirit could be a little foreign to some people. And so what we're doing is we're going through the gifts of the Spirit and we're breaking them down and we're showing you how to use them, how to know if God has given you this gift, and going from there. Amen? So before we get started, let's go to the, word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer over the Word. Lord, we thank you again. God, you are so merciful to us. Lord, you are so graceful to us. Lord, I pray over the word this morning that that those hearing this word would be expecting. Lord, that those hearing the word this morning would be expecting to hear from you, be expecting to receive from you. Lord, they didn't just come to hang out. They came expecting in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over this word as we go into this gift. Lord, that it wouldn't be spooky to people, that it wouldn't be out of the box for people. But, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that there would be clarity. Lord, that there wouldn't be any confusion. Lord, that people would ignite and use the gifts that God has given them. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, three weeks ago, we spoke on the word of wisdom. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we have to keep in mind a few things, that these are not natural gifts. These are not natural God-given talents or abilities. We shouldn't confuse our natural giftings with giftings that are imparted by the Spirit. We shouldn't confuse just because somebody is, there can be people that are very good at athletics. Some people are excellent at fishing. Some people are excellent at just, they just have awesome talents that that they just naturally, that's just what they do. But we don't want to confuse that with what God has given us in terms of gifts, amen? The gifts are also irrevocable. Romans 11.29, God has given them to you and they will not be taken away. If God has gifted you with it, he's given you the gift. Whether or not you use it or use it properly is on you. Also, the gifts are here for a purpose. The gifts are here for a purpose. The first purpose is for the edification of the church. The edification, the lifting up, the encouragement of the church. They're here for a purpose. How are they to be used? Number one, they are to be used in love. Number one, to be used in love. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. If I speak with the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I don't have love, if I don't operate in love, I am nothing. If I don't operate, even if you're operating in the gifts, you know, there's sometimes where operating in the gifts, you have to give correction. 
There's sometimes where you have to give correction. How many parents know that sometimes you have to give correction to your children? Doug? Have you had to give correction to your children anytime soon, Evan? Or Bryce, who is not here? Have you ever had to give correction? There's a difference between giving correction in anger and correction in love. Right? So when we do operate in these gifts, we have to remember to use them in love. The fourth thing is this. We are to pray earnestly for the gifts. We are to pray earnestly for the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 and 29 says this. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? The answer clearly here is no. Not all, not everybody is an apostle. Not all are prophets, not all are teachers, not all have gifts of healings, not all interpret. You may not have all the gifts or even many gifts, but everybody is given at least one gift. We are to pray for them, but not be envious of them. So the first gift that we covered was the gift, uh, the word of wisdom. Now I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 8, and this is the amplified version. When we talk about the gifts that we're speaking about, when we go over the gifts and what we're talking about, we talked about the word of wisdom three weeks ago. And I want to continue to go into this. So now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts. I'm using the amplified version because it speaks a little bit better to what it is. Special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual illumination and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Holy Spirit the power to speak, the message of wisdom. And that's what we talked about three weeks ago, the message of wisdom. And to another, the power to express the word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. Now there are, I want to go back to the top, distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts. You say, Pastor David, what are these spiritual gifts? It speaks to it here. Special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. Do you know that there are extraordinary abilities within you? Do you know that there are extraordinary abilities when you move in the Spirit that God will use you in extraordinary and supernatural ways? Have we come expecting this morning? Have we come expecting this morning that God will use you in supernatural, extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit? A word of wisdom. That's what we talked about last week. What was the word of wisdom? It is a supernatural utterance 
at a given moment, which discloses God's mind, will, and purpose in regards to a specific situation. There are some times where God will give you a word of wisdom. Sometimes some people are specifically gifted with words of wisdom. And we spoke a little bit about that three weeks, well, a lot about it three weeks ago. The Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gift of wisdom to not only impart the truth and understanding to believers, but to invoke a response of holiness. To invoke a response of holiness and worship lived out in the world and among God's people. The word of wisdom. It's what we spoke about three weeks ago, and, and, and I want to say that there are some people that have the word of wisdom gift. There are people in this church who have the word of wisdom gift. But guess what? It is up to you. The Holy Spirit's not going to open your mouth and move your tongue for you. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to, he's not going to force, get, you know, what, what are those things where they just force their jaws open? And they start, they get the tongue wagging. He's not, the Holy Spirit's not going to do that for you. It is up to you to step out in faith. And so we come to the second gift. Now, when I say the second gift, I want to say this, that the gifts are not in order of importance or prestige. A gift is a gift. And many times these gifts will work hand in hand with each other. So while we're not going over all the gifts together because I want there to be clarity, there are other gifts that will work hand in hand with the word of wisdom. There are other gifts that work hand in hand with the word of knowledge. One of the gifts is discerning of spirits. We're going to talk about the gift of faith. We're going to talk about the gift of healing, the working of miracles. We're going to talk about those gifts and how as we go throughout the gifts, keep in mind that they can work hand in hand. But today, I want to talk about the word of wisdom. I'm sorry, the word of knowledge. I want to say this. I want to encourage some of you and challenge some of you to hang on with me. To hang on through the entirety of the message this morning. I can guarantee that at some point in the teaching on this subject, somebody's going to say, Pastor David has gone off the deep end. At some point, someone's going to say, Pastor David, I don't believe it. Are you kidding me? That can't be in the Bible. At some point, somebody could say that. I want, you to, I want to encourage you, hang on with me throughout the entirety of it. Because, listen, these are special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit. Special abilities, extraordinary power, supernatural things. They may come off a little spooky to some people. I pray that they wouldn't. I pray that they wouldn't come off spooky or scary or anything like that. I pray that there would be clarity and not confusion in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. Knowledge in the Greek, the word is gnosis. It signifies intelligence and understanding. This is a gift, and I want to explain exactly what this gift is so there's no confusion. It speaks to what is happening in your life now or has happened in your life in the past. It is a word of knowledge. It speaks directly to what is happening in your life now or has happened in the past. 
it is described as what's called a revelatory gift. That the revelatory gift, there are some things that are, that are revealed in this gift. That when a person has a word of knowledge for you, that they will be able to tell things about your life that there's no way they could have known apart from God. Are you hanging on with me? Some people would say it this way, and this may be familiar to some. Uh, have you ever heard of somebody say they read your mail? They read your mail. What this would mean is that there's no way they could possibly know these things about your life unless someone familiar with your situation told them or they possibly went through your personal mail letters to get the information. So someone would say, well, boy, they read your mail. Well, you mean they went through my mail? By the way, in case there's any young people here, mail and letters are what people used before we tweeted a tweet on Twitter. Okay? <laughs> so, just in case anybody's confused, we put pen to paper. Right, Gary? Gary still uses this. Right? <laughs> we're good. <laughs> when we're talking about this gift, <laughs> this is a powerful gift. Can you imagine? Have you ever had somebody speak into your life? There is no way they could possibly know what you're going through or what situation, what circumstance you're going through, and yet they speak directly to it. It is a word of knowledge. It provides insight into a person's situation. And I want to be careful with this. It is not to condemn or belittle that person. It is to edify and bring healing into that person's life. That's one way to use it. The other way is this. It can also be used to tell the thoughts. And I want to be careful with this. To tell the thoughts and intents of someone's heart or mind so that you can respond appropriately to a situation. The word of knowledge. Now, some people right there said, are you telling me that I can hear other people's thoughts? Are you telling me that, that I'm able? I want to. <laughs> There's some people smiling. There's some people that, that kind of awkward, <laughs> where is he going with this? We might have to find a different church. I don't want you to go there yet. Yet. I'll be the first to say that this is what some people would consider to be spooky. What some people would consider to be very spooky, depending on what's revealed. How many were here last week? If you were here last week, you saw Joel Cisneros in his ministry. And during his ministering to people, he spoke to some people specifically. He spoke to some people specifically about specific situations in their lives. And some people may not have understood what was going on or, or what was happening in that time, but he was speaking a word of knowledge over them and to them. He was speaking specifically into their lives. And I'll be the first one to say that he was extremely accurate. And there were some things that were said that could only be said by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge is. 
You have to use wisdom when giving a word of knowledge, but that's what it is. That I specifically speak into a situation. It may have happened in your life, and there's no other explanation but God. They didn't read your email. They don't have your passwords. They didn't hack your phone. They haven't spoken to any of your friends or loved ones. There's no way they could know the situation in your life, but somehow through the ability that God has given them and the gift that God has given them and the word of knowledge that God has given them, they are able to speak it into your life and it causes edification and healing to come into your life because sometimes it just lets you know that God is familiar with your situation. That God is familiar with your situation. That he is watching over you. That he will bring you through it. That you're not left alone. That you're not just on an island by yourself somewhere. God is watching over you. And so God will bring a word of knowledge to your life. It will usually bring healing into your life. It's not used that way all the time, but it's used that way a lot of the time. I want to make this very clear. As a church, as the pastor of this church, with agreement with the leadership of this church, that we are not following after signs and wonders. We are not following after signs and wonders. We are not chasing after signs and wonders. We are a church that follows hard after the presence of God and his purpose in our lives. Signs and wonders will be an effect of this. I want signs and wonders to happen, yes, but that is not my end goal. That is not the only level to attain. It, is, it should never be our main focus. Our main focus is not on the gift, but on the giver, amen? Our main focus is not, oh, well, he gave a word of knowledge. Wow, he must be powerful. Whoa, he gave a word of wisdom. Boy, he must be holy. No, he gave a word of knowledge so that I can not acknowledge the person giving the word, but acknowledge the giver of the gift. It's not so that I can say, wow, that person sure is holy. They, they sure spoke into my life. Hallelujah. Yeah, there may be God is using their, you know, it's God's servant. Hallelujah. God's using them. But God is using them. God gave them the gift and God gifted them to bless you. God gives us gifts not to hold on to, not to rise ourselves up and, well, I got the gift of the word of knowledge, and I got the gift of the word of wisdom, and I got this gift, and I got that, that gift. That's not why. We are not to be stuck up in our faith. God has given you gifts so that you can pour into others. God has given you gifts so that you can speak directly into the situations in other people's lives. That we are not a church that chases after gifts. We chase after the giver. Amen? Now, I want to talk to you about some practical aspects of this gift. Practical aspects. What do you do when you receive a word of knowledge for somebody? There are some people that may be here that say, well, Pastor David, I have maybe had an experience where I felt like God was speaking to me about somebody's life, but I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to, I didn't know what was happening. 
What will happen? What do you do when you receive a word of knowledge from someone or for somebody, not from somebody? We'll get into that. But what do you do when you receive a word of knowledge for somebody? And, and there's different ways that it may happen. And I want to talk to you about the three main ways that it will happen. <clears throat> and this is by example. This is by testimonies. And this is by ministers that have had this happen in their lives. The first, and this, this is not in order of importance or how it may happen, but the first would be that they see it. And you say, Pastor David, what does that mean, they see it? There was a pastor praying over somebody. Actually, a pastor was ministering. And what happened was, while they were ministering, God gave them a vision where they saw an x-ray of an arm with a piece of bone sticking out. And so what the pastor very specifically did was he said, hey, okay, so there's somebody here that has a problem with their arm to where a part of their bone is sticking out. And a person sitting in the audience had no, had not told anybody this, had not given this to anybody. There's no way it could possibly be known. But he raised his hand. And God healed his arm. That is a word of knowledge. They saw it. There's another aspect to it. The, the second is, one, one, they may see it. Two, at times you may feel it. You say, Pastor David, what is this about? What do you mean feel it? There was a pastor, and it doesn't, by the way, it doesn't have to be just be a pastor, or a minister up on stage that gets and uses these gifts. He's given them to you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? He gives you these gifts to be used. But the pastor was on stage, and his, his worship leader, um, he didn't know, but was going through a massive migraine headache. The pastor himself didn't struggle with any migraine headaches, but in the middle of the service, he began to get a migraine headache. He began to feel the pain that his worship leader was feeling. And he, he prayed. He said, God, why is this happening? And the Lord directed him to pray over the worship leader who was struggling with the migraine headache. He felt the pain that he was feeling. And so he felt it. There's other, other times where it's happened where someone, someone will feel a pain in their arm. It's an unnatural thing. They wouldn't normally have a pain in their arm, but for some reason they have a pain in their arm. And so they say, is there a person here that has a severe pain in their arm? And it's usually pretty specific. I will say that. It is usually pretty specific. It's not generalized. So, for instance, a generalized statement would be, is there anybody here that's ever felt any kind of sadness? Well, the, word, the Lord has a word for you. Is there anybody here that's ever, you know, kind of been a little down? Well, no, that's a generalized statement. It's a specific, it speaks, speaks specifically into your situation. The third one, and I will say that this is probably the most widely used aspect of it, is you know it. You know it. There's no other way to explain. It is just a divine knowing. You just know it. You don't know how you know it. There's no natural reason you should know it. But deep to your core, you just know it. I want to share a story.
when I was 16, 17 years old, I uh, participated in our church choir. We had a large church choir. Uh, it's probably, I want to say, maybe 50 people. It was a good amount of people. And I was in the service, and in the middle of the service, to this day, I will remember this. I remember this probably for the rest of my life. As I was sitting there, and I was clapping, and I was singing, and as I was, all of a sudden, deep within me, I saw, not, I saw a person, if, if I'm facing the church like this, it was a person on the right-hand side of the church that had a tumor in the left side of their brain. That had a tumor. <laughs> and I knew it. There was just no other explanation. I, I could not explain how I knew it. I just knew that I knew it. I was 16 and 17. I was, I was young. And I didn't have access to my pastor. And I, got, I didn't know what to do. I mean, honestly, I freaked. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I God, I, do you want me to pray for this person? Is there, is there healing that needs to come into their life? What's, what's going on? And I didn't have the courage to step out in faith. To this day, I remember me knowing it and my lack of courage. To this day, you say, Pastor David, what if you were wrong? <laughs> I knew it. Pastor David, what if I receive a word for somebody and I step out and I look like an idiot or I look like a fool? People make mistakes. It's okay. The important thing is that we step out in faith. The important thing is we step out in faith. Are we going to get it right 100% of the time? Probably not. There's times where emotions get in. And I'm not talking about prophecy here. We're going to get into the prophet and prophecy and what that means. But there's times where you step out in faith and, and you just you have a word for somebody. And you say, Pastor David, I can't explain this in any other way except I just know it. And so you speak out and they say, yeah, sorry, it's not for me. Oh, thanks, God bless you, but it's not for me. All right, God bless you, man. I, I just had to put it out there. If you receive it or not, that's up, that's, that's up to you. But I had, you know, I had to step out in faith. I would encourage you to step out in faith. But I remember that to this day. So what do you do when you receive a word of knowledge for somebody? What do you do when you receive a word of knowledge? Because I want to be the first one to say it probably more often than not should happen outside the church than inside the church. When you're with your friends and your loved ones, when you're at the coffee shop, when you're fishing together, when you're going out and living life together, that God may speak something to you for them. What then? What do you do? First one is this. Determine if it's legitimate. Pray about it. Don't just start speaking things out there without truly examining if it's from God. If there's any doubt, throw it out. You ever smell a bad piece of meat? You ever, you ever open up the milk container and you take a whiff? And you go, hmm, I don't know. 
You ever do that? I've done it. You know what my rule is? If there's any doubt, you throw it out. Do the same with this. Pray about it. You say, God, is this, is this from you? Don't just start speaking things out there without truly examining if it's from God. It is not, this is not, and I want to be careful with this, this is not emotion-based cold reading. So, Pastor David, what does that mean? This is not emotion-based cold reading. What's that? It's by looking at a person and examining that person and being able to tell things about that person based on what you see. It's called cold reading. It's what a lot of the fake psychics and fake these con people and it's what the the kind of stuff they will use so for instance if nobody can see right now i have uh there's something so i'm going to use as an example this would, would be an example of cold reading you know i feel like there's somebody in here who's a big fan of the cyclones i feel like he's probably probably a little overheated today so he'd probably be wearing like a shorts and a short sleeve shirt. Wow, brother. How you doing? He might have some issues with his vision. That would be Kobe is wearing a, a Cyclones t-shirt, has glasses on, is wearing shorts and a short, short sleeve shirt. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to, to gather some information there. Right? Oh, I'm getting another word about somebody. I have a feeling that somebody's a big fan of Star Wars. He's probably sitting on this side of the church. He has his arms crossed for some reason. <laughs> Tim, you can look around at everybody else, but you know it's you. <laughs> but this is not emotion-based cold reading. It's not what this is. This is God speaking a word directly to you for somebody. The, the second aspect of it is this. Look at your setting and respond accordingly. If you're in a coffee shop and you're sitting with someone and God gives you a word for somebody, then speak it to them. Let them know that you feel that God has spoken something through you and for them. They may respond favorably or they may not. But do not, and I want to emphasize this, do not force yourself upon them. Well, you don't understand. I have a word from you. Yep, God bless you. I don't want to hear it. Why? Because there are some people I just don't trust. But there are some people that I just don't let lay hands on me. I don't, there are some people I just don't let speak words into my life. Why? Because I don't take everything in. There are some people who say, Pastor David, I have a word for you. Awesome. Can you write it down? Well, no, I need to speak it over you. No, you don't. If you legitimately have a word, write it down. If it's for me, I'll read it and I'll I'll receive it later. If it's not, then it's not. Don't let just anybody speak into your life. Don't let just anybody lay hands on you. If they are not recognized as an authority of God in your life or by the church, don't mess with it. Don't force yourself upon others. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to cause offense, but it makes you and other Christians seem goofy when you try to force it upon others. Oh, I have a word from you. 
or I have a word for you. Okay, that's great. Sometimes it's a legitimate word. And sometimes, it, listen, I'll be the first one to say, there's times where people have given me a legitimate word, and I thought, okay, go ahead. And they give the word, and I thought, wow, man, God totally used them to speak into my life. It was incredible. If it's in a church service, so if, if we're talking about settings here, if it's in a church service, then follow the spiritual authority that God has placed there. Ask your pastor, if you have a word for somebody, you say, well, I feel like, they, like my situation with knowing that this person was sick, the appropriate thing would have gone to, to go to my pastor. Say, pastor, I feel like there's somebody in the church that is struggling with this or dealing with this, and I don't know what to do with it. So if you have that, you come. I didn't have access to my pastor. You will always have access to me. I didn't have access to my pastor growing up, but you will always have access to me. There, is, there has been times where people have come to me and said, Pastor, I, I have a word for somebody, or I have a word for the church. They came to me first, and, and I said, well, what's the word? And they tell me, and I'll say, all right, that's appropriate. You can go ahead and share it. But you want to follow the spiritual authority that God has placed in the house. There is a story of a minister where a man came up for prayer, and the minister immediately saw that this man was struggling with lust in his life. He was, uh, when, we, when we talk about discerning of spirits, we'll get into what that means, but he discerned, he was able to see that this person really struggled with lust in his life. Whether it was pornography or, or cheating on his wife or adultery or whatever it was, he was struggling with lust. And the minister didn't release the word, but stepped back and asked God what to do. Because in this case, releasing the word could have caused a lot of damage to this person's life. There's times where God will reveal things to you that are not to be spoken publicly, but are to be spoken privately to that person. Not publicly, but privately to that person. In this instance, of course, releasing that could have caused a lot of damage and heartache. So what did God say? God said to the minister to proclaim the opposite. And so this is what the minister said to him. I see an incredible amount of purity coming into your life. I see you loving your wife and cherishing her like never before. And the man broke down in tears. It was healing and life-giving words for him. There are some who would have said, you know, thus saith the Lord, you are a sinner. You have lost, sinner. How many of you know there's people that would say that? How many of you know that? But the truth is that while that may work for a few, it usually doesn't work for many. That we are called to be salt and light. That we are called to deliver the truth in love. Amen? God, and I want to say this, God is not into public shaming. 
God is into public redeeming. God is not into public shaming. He's into public redeeming. The only public shaming Jesus did was against religion and the religious structure of the day. So when we receive a word of knowledge for somebody, we are to step back and ask God what to do with it. Go to the next scripture, please. I want to give you some examples very quickly of where this occurs in scripture. Because some people, have, some people may be sitting here saying, Pastor David, I've just been waiting to see it in the Bible. Other than seeing word of knowledge in 1 Corinthians, where does it show it in the Bible? A few days later, Mark 2, and verse, uh, Mark 2, verse 2 through 12, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even the outs- outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. You may be familiar with this story. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was laying on. I mean, they wanted to get him to Jesus, right? There was no bone. I will climb up on this roof. I will dig through the roof. I will open up a hole. We will put you down that hole, but you're going to get to the Savior. You're going to get to the healer. You can depend on me. These were dependable guys, right? So they lower the man into the hole. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Go to the next slide. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? I want you to think about that for just one second. (laughs) Immediately. Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? I got to tell you. If I looked at Doug right now and said, Doug, why are you thinking the things you're thinking? Doug would look at me and go, you don't know what I'm thinking. Doug was thinking about rainbows and puppy dogs, unicorns. But if I went to, uh, Doug, I know exactly what you're thinking. He'd say, no, you don't. Think of a number. (laughs) But this says immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Jesus was able to tell what they were thinking. You say, well, that was Jesus. 
Well, sure, Pastor David, that was Jesus. We are moving in the same Spirit of God that Jesus moved in. Amen? That we are moving by the Spirit of God. This was a word of knowledge to be used toward the religious people in order to accomplish something. He knew what they were thinking and knew what they were saying. You say, Pastor David, can you show me another instance? Yes, I can. Go to the next one. Luke 1, 39, verse 40 through 42. Remember what I said about feeling. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, when Mary said hi to her, the baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. She gave a word of knowledge to Mary, saying, You're pregnant. Better be careful with that one. (laughs) Better be careful if you get that one. She greeted Mary with a high, the baby leaped within her belly, and a word of knowledge came through the Holy Spirit that said, you are with child. Be careful. What are you to do? Before, this is, I'm going to quick, quickly wrap this up, and then we're going to participate in communion together. But I want to keep something in mind that I, I appreciate those who, Stuck with me through the end. Because this can be a little scary for some. This is very foreign to a lot of people. I grew up in a church where things like this happened regularly. Things like this happened all the time. Sometimes it was legitimate and sometimes it wasn't. I'll be the first to say. Sometimes it was just people's emotions and and that's what happens. And you have to be able to discern those things and you have to look within your life and say, was that accurate and spot on for me? But I don't want you to be afraid to step out in faith. I don't want you to be wary of being used by the Spirit of God in your life. Speaking to your neighbors and your loved ones. I don't want you to be afraid to say, God, if you have a word for them through me, just allow me to be used. The next question is this. What do you do when a word of knowledge is spoken to you? If a word of knowledge is spoken to you, what do you do with that? Pretty simple. Determine if it's for you. If it doesn't speak to you or your situation, let it go. Don't hold on to it. Just let it go. If it is for you, this is very important. Respond to it. If it is for you, Respond to it. God is speaking into your situation. God is speaking into your situation. Pray for understanding. Pray for wisdom. And pray that God would flow through us in mighty ways. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word this morning. Lord, as we examine the word of knowledge... Lord, I pray that you would use us in mighty ways, that you would pray, that you would give us understanding, that you would give us wisdom, that you would, get, that you would allow us to flow in the Spirit. 
and that we would be used in mighty ways. Lord, that it wouldn't be goofy, that it wouldn't be kooky, that it wouldn't, be, that it, that it wouldn't give us a bad name, but Lord, that we would just be used in your presence. Lord, that while we are working with our coworkers, when we are at the store, when we are in the coffee shops, when we are at a family reunion, when we are in the church together, Lord, that you would just use us. There's some of us that have this gifting. There's some that don't. That's okay. But if God has gifted you with this, use it. If God has gifted you with this, step out in faith with it. He has given each one of us a gift. A few weeks ago, it was word of wisdom. This week, it's word of knowledge. Next week, it may be something that you feel you're gifted with. I pray that God would reveal to you your gift. That you would be unafraid to step out in faith. And that it would be used mightily in your life. Not for our benefit. Not for your benefit. But to draw people to Christ. That your gifting would be used to draw people to Christ. God, we thank you for the gifts in our lives. We thank you for the gifts, but Lord, we praise you, the giver. We praise you, the giver. We thank you for the gifts in our lives. We thank you for our the natural abilities, but Lord, we thank you for gifting us with these spiritual, extraordinary, supernatural things that we would draw people to you that we would lead people to Christ. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.